wish you all a Merry Christmas, everybody. Glad you're here. I, I want to share this little funny. Um, every morning, every Sunday morning, I have a, a list of people that I send out um, a text message to. Just, kind of, you know, mostly pastor friends of mine. And uh, I had this pastor friend uh, that I'd been sending him for a year or so. And the guy, you know, usually people will respond, well, thank you. That was an encouraging word, blah, blah, blah. But this morning, I also posted this on Facebook, but uh, this morning I sent out, I just, I was thinking about what I was sharing and um, our message is peace on earth this morning. And I just said in Luke chapter 2, uh, the proclamation of angels, there's peace on earth, goodwill toward men. In Mark 4:39, in the storm-tossed boat, Jesus stood up and said, peace be still. And in John chapter 20, 19, after the resurrection, Jesus just walks through the walls of the room and the disciples were terrified, and he says, peace to them, he speaks peace. So, at the beginning, before, you know, uh, the angel's proclamation was peace, and, you know, in his ministry with them was a word about peace. At the end, after the resurrection, the message was about peace. And I just said, I pray that no matter what trial or circumstance or situation you're in today, that the God of peace, that the Prince of Peace, will give you the peace that passes all understanding. That was a simple message that I sent out. And then I get this reply unsubscribe, stop, wrong number, please remove me from your list. <laughs> I ain't mad at this pastor, is this guy mad at me? <laughs> I said, I, now listen to this, this is so cool because have you ever said Merry Christmas to somebody and they're like, you know, get mad at you? Like, don't Merry Christmas me. <laughs> and so I just replied, I said, I'm sorry, I will stop immediately. This number used to be, belong to a pastor friend of mine, I apologize. The guy responds back, he says, no problem, Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, um, we're going to be, we're talking about peace, and so we're in Luke chapter 2. If you got your, uh, you know, your uh, message notes on your Bible, uh, or your, on your telephone, I've uh, got those uh, this morning. If you've got, uh, if you don't have that, I've uh, got it on the overhead. If you need a Bible, there's some nice Bibles in the back. If you want better than what we have in the back, just look over in the Lost and the Found, and uh, just take what you want. Um, so we're going to pick up. I'm going to pray, and uh, I'm I'm excited about this time of year. It's a great time of year. I, I love it. I used to be a a Christmas naysayer many many years ago. I was just like against all. I, I was against all of you. You know, I mean, I was against church, I was against religion, I was anti-everything. You couldn't get me to come in. And then I got saved, and I was still the same way. Just like, I didn't like church, and I didn't like Christians, and, you know. And then one day Jesus spoke to me and said, hey, it's hard for you to say you love me and say you hate my wife. I thought, wait a second, let's reevaluate this. And so, I love you guys. I love the church, and I love what Jesus has done in my life, and I love what he's doing, and I see all of you, you know, I see some of the changes that you've been through, the trials that you've been through, and how you've endured by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I give him praise and glory for that. So, we're going to begin reading Luke chapter 2. It said, at that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed a census, uh, that a census should be taken throughout all of the Roman Empire, which was huge. Uh, it says, this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all of the descendants 
all, of the, all had to return to the ancestral town to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in, in Judah and David at David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them at the end. I'm reading out of the, the message translation, so, you know, you know, one of the most difficult things that I have every year about this time of year is trying to tell this story a different way. Because, I mean, you can ask unbelievers on the street, you know, to tell you the Christmas story, and they can. So um, I wanted to use the message uh, version today because it, it just says it a little differently, and I hope you get it. It said, that night there were shepherds. Remember what the Bible says about shepherds? That We know that David was a shepherd. We know the angels appeared to the shepherds. But remember when Joseph and uh, his family were coming to Egypt uh, during that time of famine? And he says, I want you to tell Pharaoh that you want to live in uh, Goshen uh, because uh, you're shepherds and you raise sheep and the Egyptians despise the shepherds. And I, I think it's just amazing how God just chose the lowly and set them apart and through that, through them and through that line you know, brought us our Messiah. He says, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you uh, good news that will be a great joy to all people. The Savior, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in the manger. And suddenly the angels were joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God, saying, can you imagine what the armies of heaven are like? I mean, we can't even, it's like an ant trying to understand the internet. I mean, we, I mean, we can't get that. We, we, don't, we don't understand that the armies of heaven are praising God, and all of heaven, I mean, all of God's creation is praising God for this one moment. And they begin to sing, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. That was the first message that they brought, peace on earth. It says, to those with whom God is well pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. I mean, here's the word of God. This is the word of God. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone, that's where a lot of us stop. We come to Jesus. We see Jesus recognize Jesus, but then, then we want to back off. Well, let's don't get too excited about this. But you weren't holding them back that night. It says that when they heard this, their story was, uh, their, uh, their stories, the shepherds went back uh, after they told the same. Let me back up. Let me back up. Mary, uh, it says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, and the angel said to the, uh, about, that the angel said about the child. It says, and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary, I, I just can imagine this going on. Mary kept all of those things in her heart and thought about them often. And I just pray that, you know, as we move into this crazy time of year, uh, that we will ponder what we're really doing, what this Christmas message is really about. Uh, I mean, yes, the shopping is in part important, getting the house 
Freddie is important, the tree, the decorations, the presents, the kids, all of that is important. But if it doesn't center around Jesus, we're, we're wasting our time. We're just wasting our time. It says, and all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, and Mary pondered these things in her heart, and the shepherds went back to their flocks. And notice how they went. They went in amazement. They went in amazement to see what words had been spoken to them, if they were true. And it says, and they came back. And when they came back, they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So, I want to focus on this message today, peace on earth. Because I, you know, I, I googled this uh, last night. Did you know that there's only 10 countries in the world today that are not at war? 10 countries that are not at war. I'm not going to take the time to list them. But there's not only war in other countries, but some of you are in a battle right now. Some of you are in a war right now. And some of you are lacking peace right now. It might be in your home. It might be in your family. It could be the death of a loved one. You know, this might be the first Christmas that you faced without a loved one in your home. This might be the, you know, maybe you lost your mom or your dad. Some of you are in, in, in financial stress. You're, you know, you're in debt up to your, you know, until, you know, 2020. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like the, the financial bondages and stress that you're facing right now is robbing you of your peace. There's stress at work. You've got stress with employees and, and stress with employers. And there's just stress everywhere in a time when God said, let peace on earth, goodwill to men. And so um, here's an article from the New York Times. It says that the rate of suicide is the highest during this time of year. 45% of all Americans dread the Christmas season. 45% of all Americans dread Christmas season. We are constantly being told that Christmas is the happiest time of year, but mental health professionals tell us the exact opposite is true. For a large number of Americans, the period between Thanksgiving and Christmas is filled with stress, anxiety, loneliness, family squabbles, and today America is the most drugged-up nation on the face of the earth by a wide margin. Just consider the following numbers. Americans account for 5% of the global population, but we consume more than 50% of pharmaceutical uh, drugs. At the moment, at this moment, it's the number one selling pharmaceutical drug in America is called Thorazine. It's used to supplement to an uh, antidepressant drugs. According to the New York Times, more than 30 million Americans are currently taking antidepressants. antidepressants. The number of people that are clinically diagnosed with depression is growing at the rate of 20% annually, and the rate of antidepressant among middle-aged women is far higher for the population as a whole. It's hard to believe, but right now, one out of every four women in their 40s and 50s is taking antidepressant medication. Now, what about, where's peace on earth? I mean, if we're supposed to have peace on earth, is this true? He says peace on earth. Where is peace on earth? That's what I want to talk to you about. So, now how can we get peace on earth? How do we get peace on earth? You know, um, the other day I was uh, coming in for morning prayer, shared the story with the, you know, with the guys uh, at Wednesday morning prayer. It's a little plug for morning prayer, 6 o'clock here, Wednesday morning. But uh, I was, I was uh, driving in, you know, and I push it to the limit. I used to always do this when Nina and I was dating, so I'd have a real good excuse. But I was way past E. 
uh, on Wednesday morning. In fact, when I left uh, my home in El Dorado, I had 12 miles to go. And when I got to the intersection of I-25 and 285, I had one mile to go. And I thought, the church is about four miles away. There's a gas station on the right, but it's already 6 o'clock. Those guys are starting. So do I take the risk? And I thought, yeah. And what? Well, let me back up. <laughs> let me back up. I've left out a, an important part of the story. You know, when I get out of bed, I told you guys this. When I get out of, when I bail out of bed in the morning, my feet rarely touch the floor. It's just from bed to knees. And I just, you know, just want to bless God and praise God and thank Him. And and then as I was, you know, praying there, I was thinking, I was reminded of the scripture where Peter and James and John were going up to the temple, and you know, they saw the lame guy there, and I thought. God, I've been driving for 20 years at the church, you know. I mean, of course, I'm driving, you know. Odds of seeing somebody at 5.30 in the morning are pretty rare. But uh, I thought, man, I wish something like that could happen to me. And so uh, I'm at the gas station, one mile to E, and I thought, pull in, fill up. So I pull in, and I'm, you know, like the only car in the gas station except for one other car. And the car door opens, and the guy starts walking toward me, and I thought, oh, God. Is this the way to start my day? I know he's going to want money. He's going to be begging for money. He's got this sob story about how he ran out of gas. His mom's dying. You know, he's got to get to his kids. Or, you know, I mean, I hear these stories all the time. But I don't notice that he had uh, rolled up in his hand, you know, just like a little piece of paper like this. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I talk to you for a second? I'm like, no, not at all. I mean, it's only 20 degrees out. <laughs> The wind's blowing. The wind chill factor is about minus seven. Yeah, go ahead and talk. And he's <clears throat> so he's uh, he's like, uh, I've got this publication here. It's called the Watchtower. I'd like to share with you. I think. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I just let him roll for a second, and uh, then it was my turn. And it was just so good. You know, a lot of times, you know, we have a tendency, we want to avoid those people. We want to get away from them. We want to run from them. We don't want to deal with it. But, man, I had both barrels loaded that morning, and I was ready to go. And so, I mean, I just started sharing with him. I said, look, you know, I said, tell me who you're, you know, who's the leader of your, your organization? And he told me. And I said, you want to know who the leader of my organization is? Because this is Jesus Christ. I said, I don't depend on man's religion. I'm not depending on man. And then I said, you know, there's some things that I, I, I really, because I really sensed that the guy was not just, you know, out doing something, but he was really seeking truth. He really wanted to know what the truth was. And so I began to share with him about, and I've got it written down here, and you guys can take time to look it up if you want to Google it. Uh, the Jehovah Witnesses uh, and the Watchtower had predicted the, the end of the world, which really caused people, you know, uh, in about seven different time periods from 1870 or 18, 1897 up until 1968 and years in between to sell everything they have and get ready for the return of the Messiah. And everyone, obviously every one of those prophecies had failed. And I said, you know, have you ever considered that? I said, you know, the Bible says that you will know a true prophet when his pro- prophecies come to true. And otherwise, the prophet's known as a false prophet. So I said, you know, you belong to an organization that has given a number of false prophecies, and so it can't be true. And I said, I really sense that you're desiring to know truth. I said, I want to tell you what you do. I said, I, I'm not telling you to get a Bible. I don't want you to use your Bible. I don't want you to use my Bible. I said, sit them both aside. I want you to go over and get in a corner, and I just want to say, God, I want you to show me which one of these is true. 
And then I invited him to church, come to church, and uh, hopefully you're here today. He said, hey, you're just down the street from us. And I said, yes, we are, and you're welcome to come anytime you want. <laughs> so anyway, that's how my Wednesday started. But uh, the Bible says that if you, do a, if you do a search in the Bible about peace, uh, I was telling Desiree this last night, just kind of kidding, but uh, there's 800 references to peace in the Bible. And we're going to read all 800 of them this morning. So. <laughs> no, we're not. But when you boil those 800 down, okay, they come to uh, three, type, uh, three types of peace in the Bible. I, said, I think I said truth before. Said, all right, the number one, number one peace is that you've got to have peace. This is where it starts right here. You've got to have peace with God. That is, you and God have got to be peace. The Bible tells us that we were born enemies of God, that we were alienated from God, strangers to the promises, strangers to the covenants, that we were just, you know, that, uh, you know, that while the Jews were the chosen people, you know, we as Gentiles were alienated from all of those promises. It says, but, by, but now, through the blood of Christ, that God has brought us in and brought the two together and to make one and made one fold. So the first thing that you have to have is peace with God. And, uh, you know, just reciting uh, uh, verse 14 again, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace uh, toward men. And then we see that was said, that was said 2,000 years ago, but 700 years, 2,700 years before that was said, the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 9, he says, for unto his to us is born a son, uh, a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and he will be called, Jesus will be called the Prince of Peace. And then in John chapter 14, it says, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift. I'm giving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is uh, and the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. And we think that we can find peace through buying things, through satisfaction. Desiree was talking about, you know, things in her life. We think that, man, if I could live here, if I could live in this section of town, I'd have peace. If I could drive this kind of car, I'd have peace. If I could, you know, have this kind of job, I could have peace. If I was promoted to this position, if I was honored, you know, if I was seeking, you know, notoriety in the nation, if I was a politician or a good one, well, maybe I shouldn't put that in there. All right. Uh, if I was something else, actor, famous in sports or something like that, um, you know, that, you know, that I'd have a certain uh, level of peace. And, you know, the Bible just tells us that peace doesn't come like that, that we don't get real peace like that. In Romans chapter uh, 5, verse 1, it says, therefore, this is from the Amplified Version, since we have been justified. And when you read that word in the Bible, just read it just like this. We're all sinners in here, right? All right. Where are the perfect people? We got perfect people here this morning? No perfect people showed up today. Okay. So we're all sinners, including me. All right. So if, he says, that since that we have all been justified, and that means just as if I never did it. Okay. You hear that? That's what justified means. Since I have been just as if I never did it, justified in the eyes of God because of Christ. All right. He said, therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of every sin, declared blameless before God by faith, we have peace with God. All right. I'm talking about us having peace with God. That's got to be the first step. 
right? So once you have peace with God, then you can have the peace of God. Notice the difference. The difference between with God and of God. First of all, you've got to have peace with God before you can have the peace of God. That's my second point. It says peace comes from God. Um, from Colossians chapter 3, it says, uh, verse 14, it says peace from God. Most of all, let love guide your life. For then the whole church will stay together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of heart that comes from Christ or comes from God be always present in your hearts and in your lives. And then in Philippians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, the peace that comes from God which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your uh, thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. There's another word that the Jews use for, you know, for peace um, called shalom. Somebody was talking to me this morning, Mark, I think, was talking to me about a friend of his that had gone to uh, Israel. But, I mean, you know, you walk into a shop, it's like shalom, shalom. You leave a shop, shalom, shalom. It's peace. They're, they're just speaking peace over you. I mean, we're just saying it's a word, just, you know. But today, you know, even here in the, in the congregation this morning, you know, there are a lot of us that face problems. And we face problems with being lost and being confused and being broken and being hurt, hurt being ashamed, um, being guilty, being worried. You know, and it, all of those things rob us of our peace. But when we have the peace that comes from God, that God gives us, and then we have the peace of God, God stills and quiets our hearts that we can stand on the promises of God that no matter what he says in his word, because Desiree said, all of, this, all of his promises are, are yes and amen. And, you know, guys, I know that you know, some of you are troubled right now. You're frustrated. It's like, you know, you've been waiting on God. And, and, you know, you get frustrated with God. Sometimes we get angry with God. Sometimes we try to just leave God out of the picture. And it's like, God, if you're not going to do something, I am. And, um, but when we have the peace that comes from God and we have the peace of God in our hearts, that is the only way that we can have peace with one another. We can have, and this is called the peace with one another. That, that is an internal peace. And the peace of God is eternal. Uh, the peace that comes from God is uh, internal. The peace that we have with one another is an external peace. And let me just read a couple of scriptures and we'll wrap this up. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm a long way from being done. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at my scroll here. It says, all right, now listen to this. I mean, this is such a beautiful scripture. It says from Proverbs 16, chapter 7, or chapter 16, verse 7, when a man's ways are pleasing to God, listen, when a man's ways are pleasing to God, God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's an amazing scripture. That is an amazing scripture. And then it says, for us, God is encouraging each one of us here. And I, you know, if we lived in a perfect world, I mean, everything would be fine. But we don't. And sometimes James, you know, James says that 
you know, if you were able to control your tongue, I mean, you could control anything. But see, the problem is that we can't. And we say things either in a way or a tone or wrong words, you know, like, what do you mean by that? You know, kind of a thing. You know, we say things and we hurt people's feelings. But, you know, when the Holy Spirit brings that to your heart, then you need to go back, you know, like, you know, did I say that right? Did that come out right? That didn't, it came out, but that's not the way I meant it in my heart. That's why I hate text messaging, because you can never tell what's going on. When you're looking at somebody, when I'm sitting across the table from you and I'm looking at you, you, you know what my heart is. I'm, I'm, I'm revealing my heart. When you're reading my words, it's like, what the heck? This guy's nuts. But it says, as much as possible, and as far as it depends on you, listen to this, live at peace with everyone. And so, you know, if, if, if you don't, just kind of like, you know, this text message that I sent this morning, I'm, I'm just trying to be kind and, man, delete me, unsubscribe me, and you're just like, okay. Um, so, I, I want to just, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up, and I'm not lying. Um, the road to peace, really, this, this road to peace is really going to be in your lap. You're going to have to have peace with God. And when you get peace with God, and that means that you can't just continue to do, the, you know, live life the way that you want to live. And just like, like uh, we talked about this in Wednesday morning, you know, that I'll just live life however I want to because, you know, isn't God loving? Come on, answer me. Doesn't he forgive sin? And, and you know, he loves me, right? Loves you? He forgives sin? I can just go sin. <laughs> See, that's the way that a lot of the world thinks, though. And if you have a heart for God, you don't want to do those things. And so I want to just tell you that, that God is not moved by our murmuring and complaining. We talked about this a little bit last week, that, uh, you know, the children of Israel uh, coming out of Egypt, coming out of slavery, into the promised land, got right up to the threshold of the promised land and could not get in. They were able to see it, just like we were able to see God's word, able to see these promises of God's word, but not able to enter in and, and collect it. It's like, I, I, I want it. I want it. Let me, let me share, before I share this next uh, scripture with you, um, you know, and it was to the point that not only did the children of Israel not get in, but their leaders didn't get in either. Moses and Aaron didn't get in. They got to look from a distance. Joshua and Caleb got in because they had a different kind of spirit. And see, if we want the peace that comes from God so that we can have the peace of God, so that we can have peace with one another, you've got to have a different kind of spirit. You can't manufacture that. You need God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, in your life. Because he gives us the power to do things that we couldn't do on our own. But um, I came across this story, if I can uh, find it here, let me just uh, scroll back for just a second, because it's so, this is so true. And I've, maybe you've heard this story before, if you have, you know, forgive me for being redundant. But it said, um, a young man was getting ready to graduate from college, and for many months he had admired a beautiful sports car in the dealer show, showroom. Knowing that his father could well afford it, he told him what he wanted. And as graduation day approached, 
the young man awaited the sign that the father had purchased the car. Finally, on the morning of the graduation, his father called him into his private study, and father told him how proud he was to have such a fine son and told him how much he loved him and handed him a beautifully wrapped gift box. Curious and somewhat disappointed, the man opened the box to find a lovely leather-bound Bible. With the young man's name embroidered in gold, angrily he rose his voice to his father and said, with all the money that you have, you give me a Bible, and he stormed out of the house. Many years passed, and the young man was very successful in his own business. He had a beautiful home, had a wonderful family, but realized that his father was old and thought about perhaps he should go to him since he had not seen him since that graduation day. But before he could make arrangements to receive a telegram, he received a telegram telling him that his father had passed away and willed all of his possessions to his son, and he needed to come home immediately and take care of things. When he arrived at his father's house, sudden sadness and regret filled his heart. He began to search through his father's important papers and saw the still gift-wrapped uh, Bible just as he had left it years ago. And with tears, he opened the Bible and began to turn the pages. And his father had, um, that his father had, uh, had written. And uh, as he turned the pages, he opened a page that was marked Matthew 7, 11. And it says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give to those that ask him? And as he read those words, a car key dropped from the back of the Bible. It had a tag with the dealer's name, the same dealer who had the sports car that he had desired. And on the tag was the date of his graduation and with the words, paid in full. See, guys, I want to tell you that we get right up to the promises of God and we stop. And I want to just tell you that, you know, some of the greatest stories in the Bible, if David would have stopped short of Goliath, if he wouldn't have had that boldness of God, that God with you, I can do this, faith in God. There were 12 disciples in that boat. Only one of them said, Jesus, can, if that's really you, can I get out? Only one of them did got out. When Joshua brought the children of Israel up to the Jordan and God says, it's time to step across. You've been looking at it, and I'm saying this to some of you right now. You've been looking at it and you've been hearing other people's stories and God's saying, you know what? It's time to cross the Jordan. Get into the promised land. Stop hearing about the good things that are happening in the promised land. Get into the promised land and start telling your own story about what God has done in your life. Amen? Well, I'm about halfway done. All right, guys, stand up. We're done. <laughs> so, I, uh, as I was listening to uh, Desiree share last night, I want to... Uh, I just want to ask you a question. And I was listening to her story, and I was thinking, here's a girl that has come from the valley to the mountaintop. And she is on the mountain right now. And some of you feel like, you know, maybe you're still in the valley, that you have hopes, 
of crossing over, getting out of the boat, stepping over the Jordan, getting into the promised land, receiving your inheritance. If you're tired of hearing other people's story, you want your own story. Uh, if you would, just for a moment, I need uh, elders and deacons and prayer ministers. If you guys, I need all of you just to come right up here right now. Every elder and deacon and prayer minister, guys, grab a bottle of oil. Desiree, if you come up and join us, please, Jason, if you would, too. And uh, all of our prayer ministers. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. I just want you to bow your head, and this is not going to take long, believe me. It's not going to take long at all. You bow your head, close your eyes, and you, and, and you know. I know that God gave me this word this morning, because... I had a different word about 12 hours ago, and it totally changed. But, but you feel like you're one of those people that you've been hearing stories about the Bible, hearing stories about God for so long that you want your own story, and you're ready to get out of the valley, and you're ready to go to the mountaintop, you're ready to cross over your Jordan, get into the promised land, and start receiving some of the inheritances of God. You're ready for that. If you are, all we're going to do, I want you to just raise your hand, and all they're going to do is they're going to come to you and anoint you with oil, make the sign of the cross on your forehead, and they're going to speak one or two words. They're not going to preach over you. They're not going to pray a long prayer on you. They're going to say either breakthrough or God bless this person. Lord, help them to cross over. Help them to enter into the promised land. Am I talking to you? If I'm talking to you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Okay, your orders are to get the oil wherever it is. There's some back there. And, uh, and go. Just if you're, if that, I'm not talking to you. We're worshiping God, okay? They're going to lead us in worship. But you keep your hand up until somebody comes and prays for you. They're going to make the sign of the cross. They're going to pray for breakthrough for you. They're going to pray that you cross over and inherit your promise. The rest of us are going to worship God. <laughs>